this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. I hope you had a, a great Christmas and a fantastic Happy New Year. And um, you guys are looking good this morning. So you guys ready to study God's Word? Spend a little bit of time in God's Word? Proud of you for being here. And uh, it is the first Sunday of the year of a new decade. And so I applaud you for, uh, for making a priority. So Romans chapter 7, so that's where we're going to be. Um, I was given the numbers for our Christmas miracle offering, and I was blown away. I mean, I could not, like, it literally took me back. I thought, like, no, there's no way. This is a mistake. When I got the numbers, I was like, holy cow, this is incredible. And I wanted to share that with you. Would you, would you like to know what the... Yeah, yeah, some of you wanted to know. Um, so for a Christmas miracle offering, I think we have a slide. Can we put that up? This one was given. $17,156. Um, that's, a, that's a big deal uh, for our church. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I believe that um, it is your generosity. Uh, that's making a difference. And the reason why we have had 30 baptisms this year is because uh, you're the real deal, okay? And talk is cheap, uh, but you, um, you, you don't just talk. You actually make this happen. So our debt for our kids' wing, which is we were trying to remodel that if you're new. You don't know kind of what we've done a few years back. We decided to uh, acquire a little bit of debt for our kids' wing. I think that's the right call. Um, we call them the now generation. And so our debt has gone from um, 144000 when we came two years ago to 80000 at the beginning of 2019 to now $15,000. And so I believe that um, we're going to pay this off this year. And um, I tell you what that means. Uh, it's, we don't believe in buildings, but we believe in people. And so what that allows us to do is to invest. In Dixie Elementary School, what that allows us to do is to hire a student pastor because we don't have a student pastor currently, and uh, students matter, and there, there are plenty of students in this church, and so we want to invest in people, and so I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I believe with all my heart that together we can do infinitely more than a part, and, um, and that's the that's idea of teamwork and the whole idea of just coming together. If you're new uh, if you're just stepping in for the first time, uh, I, I just, this is just kind of speaking. I, I'm not an outsider. I'm just, you know, I've only been here two years, but I've never, as a pastor, I've never felt like I have to twist your arm to give. This is a congregation that is generous. You always give above and beyond. And so um, I just say thank you for that. I promise you that we will honor um, the gifts that you've given you, and we will not, they will not go to waste. And so a lot of times when a pastor gets up on, on stage and he asks for money, they think, oh, as a pastor's going to him, I'm not getting a raise, and none, none of that is happening, and uh, your contributions are going to be used in a God-honoring way. And uh, if you ever have questions, you can ask, okay? We're open book. In fact, well, one of the things that we'll talk about in our owner's meeting is our finances, and you're, you're welcome to attend that. So today, I'm super excited. We're going to, we're starting a brand new series. It's called New Year, New You, uh, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And I'll tell you a little bit more about what that means, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Actually, really, we're starting the teaching portion of the, of the series today, but tomorrow is when we start the, the fast. Again, I'll tell you a little bit more about that. As we start this year, as we start this decade, I believe many of us are looking for a fresh start. You know, it's, it's a great time 
to, to start fresh. It's a great time to begin new things. And I ju I'm just curious. I just want to survey the room. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of different answers. How many of you would say, you know, 2019, it was a good year, but it was a tough year. And I'm just, to be honest, Pastor Alex, you know, I don't know that I want to go through that thing again. I'm not really, you know, it was just a difficult year. I'm just looking forward to 2020. How many of you would say, yep, that's me. I see several hands go up. How many of you would say, you know, 2019, and I'm not bragging, Pastor Alex, but, but it was a good year. The Lord blessed, you know, we... You know, our, like our family or, you know, this happened and it was a good year. I'm still looking forward to 2020, but, um, you know, I'm thankful for what happened in 2019. Any hands? Yep, thank you so much for your honesty. Isn't it incredible how in a room full of people who basically have the same intentions, you're here because you love God, uh, you're here because you believe in God's word, you're here because you're, you're in some way or another, you're involved in the church. And I say that because you are here. Isn't it incredible how in a room this size, with all the different kinds of people that we have, we can have such a radically different experience from year to year. Like we're, we all love God. We all, for the most part, believe in prayer. We believe in God's word. And yet, our experiences year, you know, year to year can be a little bit different. Why, why is that? You know, I believe that 2020, for many of us, can be the beginning of something very, very special. My prayer is that you will grow in your relationship with God, that you will grow in your influence of others, that you will learn to lead yourself. The hardest thing that I do is not lead my family, is not lead the church. The hardest thing that I'll ever do is lead myself. And I believe with all of my heart that this series... We're going to be able to pick up some tools, some habits, if you want to call them, some principles that can redirect the trajectory of your life, not just in a God-honoring way, but in a way that can truly be meaningful for you, that can be fulfilling to you. I believe if you stick it out for the next two, three weeks, that, that you're going to be able to pick up some tools that will help you, that will make a significant difference in your life, not just in a God-honoring way, but in a practical way. So I want to begin with the, the main theme, the main point of uh, what we're going to talk about for the next two, three weeks. Okay, here it is. It's, this, it's here on the screen. People who win in the game of life do consistently, say consistently. People who win in the game of life do consistently what others do occasionally. Say occasionally. So people, let me say it again, people who win in the game of life do consistently, tell your neighbor, the key is consistency. Tell the person sitting next to you, you're sitting next to somebody, the key is consistency. People who win in the game of life do consistently what others will do occasionally. This is true in so many areas of your life. Like, have you ever met somebody that you look up to, like, spiritually, man, they're on fire for God, they're thriving, they're getting closer and closer to God. What, what is it that they're doing? They're doing consistently what other people are doing occasionally. You know, when you look at people like Paul, Timothy in the Bible, John, Jesus, you know, none of them, none of those guys, spiritual giants of the faith, they never said, we don't have time to pray. You don't, you don't hear Jesus ever saying in all scripture, oh, I just didn't have a chance to pray. You know, 
You don't ever hear, man, Peter's just getting on my nerves. He's just, you know, he's just he's sucking the life out of me. I just don't have any time. No, 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 no. What you see people like, the, like, like them, what you see them doing on a regular basis is they set, they take some time on a consistent basis to break away from the crowd and take some time to invest in the relationship with the Lord. People who are financially fit. Have you ever met somebody, not somebody who's just wealthy because their parents left them a big inheritance, but people who are doing well financially. They're financially fit. They're not, they're free. They're not in debt. What are they doing? What are they doing? What's the key? Oh, they're just lucky. Is that that what it is? No, I'll tell you what they're doing. They're consistently doing things week after week, paycheck after paycheck, that other people are doing occasionally, or maybe sometimes never, okay? I mean, you talk about in relationships, you talk about your diet, you talk about physically, we become what we do on a regular basis. It's just a fact of life. And so that's kind of the main, the main theme of the whole message. Now, they, they have good news and I have bad news. Which one do you want to hear first? Bad news or good news? Bad news, okay. The bad news, <laughs> the bad news is, is this. Um, 92% of you, your new, 92% of your New Year's resolutions will be gone by Valentine's Day. <laughs> There's someone that didn't come up with any, any resolution. <laughs> the good news is this. And I love this time of year because it's, it's a new year, it's a new decade, and it's, people's hearts are open for change, for improvement. And so you can, you can start fresh. If you haven't gotten this right all of your life, like some of, you know, for the last few years in your life, you feel like, man, I consistently mess things up. You know, that's the only thing that I do consistently, just screw things up. You know, it's a new year. It's a fresh start. And uh, things can be a little bit better for you. Romans 7, 15. Listen to what Paul says. This is so, if, you, if you're discouraged by what has happened in the last few months in your life, I hope that this can relate to you. I hope that you can see that God put this message in here and, God, and he left it in God's word for you and for me. So this is Paul this guy is a giant of the faith. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. So, I mean, that's a ton of, a ton of pages in the, in, the, in the New Testament. And people have, you know, they, they've named their kids after Paul. But I want you to see his heart, okay? And maybe you can relate to what he's saying. Verse 15. He says this, I don't really understand myself. Have you ever said that? I have, many times. I don't really get myself. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do... What is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I, help me out, church, I do what I hate. It's like, I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Look in verse 18, kind of the, the end of verse 18. He says, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Look in verse 24. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? 
Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord, which is what Aaron was saying earlier. Oh, what a miserable man I am. Oh, what a miserable person I am. I want to, well, I want to, I want to do what's right, but I always end up doing what's wrong. Man, this is, I just don't get it. Can you relate? I can relate in so many levels. Don't look at me like that. You look like, like a little bit holier than thou. Can you relate? I know, I mean, like, I know, like, I mean, there's so many areas. Like, I do things and I'm like, I don't get it. I mean, why, why am I doing this? You know, I want to stop eating junk food. Anybody want to stop eating junk food? Raise your hand. Amen. Stop. <laughs> so, we're going to help you. Is my mic coming in and out? I feel like it's coming in and out a little bit. Good? Okay. Good. I want to stop procrastinating, but I procrastinate when I try to stop procrastinating. Have you ever been there? You know? I want to stop overspending. Anybody wants to stop overspending a little bit? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. You know, I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. I don't get it. And he says in verse 24 and 25, he says, oh, what a miserable person I am. This is a guy that wrote the Bible, like, Two-thirds of the New Testament. He's saying, what a miserable person. I'm no good. I'm a failure, he's saying. I am, I am not disciplined. I'm not good enough. I'm not gifted enough. You know, I, I, I can't do it. I cannot tell you how often I say those words. I don't think I can lead this church. I cannot tell you a number of times that I doubt myself. I don't know if I'm, I'm a good enough. I'm, I don't know if I'm a good father. I know I try. I'm not, I don't know if I'm a good husband. I don't know if I can lead my family the way that I'm supposed to lead them. I'm not really sure. You know, we're going to two services. I've known that we are supposed to go to two services for about a year. And we're going we're gonna to do it February 9th. We're going to two services. And uh, if you're an owner, I'm encouraging you. I'm asking you, please come to the 930 because um, we, we need to fill that up. Um, and energy will be low if nobody shows up. And so uh, we're trying to reach more people. We're trying to open up more space. And uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that in our, in our owners meeting. But uh, we want to make it, so we want to make our ministry in such a way that if you're ever serving kids, you don't ever have to miss a service. You can serve one and you can attend one. We, we want to be able to make it to, to like, when we, whenever we, uh, we have a big service, Easter or whatever, that people don't have, we don't have to split up families. But for a year or longer, I've questioned, oh, is it the right time? Is it the wrong time? Am I capable of doing this? Is the, team, is the church ready? And so I don't know what it looks like for you, but there's usually three areas, three reasons why we don't succeed. Now, I believe that for the most part, we have... Generally good intentions. We want to lose the weight. We want to be financially fit. But we fail time and time again. And there's usually three reasons why we fail. Okay? Number one, you're taking notes. I encourage you to write this down. We focus on the action that we want to accomplish. And we don't understand how to get there. We focus on the action and not the systems that we need to put in place. You can call them patterns, you can call them habits, you can call them whatever you want to call them. We focus on the goals, right? And we don't know exactly what systems, what 
patterns we need to put in place to get us to accomplish the, the goal that we want to accomplish. Now, for the most part, we all have the same goals. Like, I've never heard someone say, you know what? Next year, I want to have dangerously high cholesterol levels. <laughs> like, none of us are ever going to say that, right? Like, most of us, man, we say, like, man, I want to be free. Like, financially, I love to be out of debt. I, I love to be generous. Nobody says, I want to be stingy. No, no, the reason why a lot of times people don't give is because we are in debt up to our eyeballs. I mean, no one says, next year, here's what I want to do. I want to get, in 2020, I want to be in so much debt, like crazy debt. You know, give it to me, like 20%, that's not enough. You know, I want like 25% interest rates, that's what I'm looking for. That's my goal. I want to be in so much debt next year. None of us say that, right? You don't get married and say, you know what, we're going to give this a try for five years, maybe seven, and then divorce. We're just going to give it a little try. No, we say, like, I want to be happy. I, I want to I be successful. I, I want to be able to, 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 to have kids and buy the house and have the, the dream. And, and you know, for, for the most part, all of us have the same goals, right? The coach at the beginning of the season, he doesn't say, man, this year, like this season, we're shooting for fifth place. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> no, we're going to the championship. We're going to win this thing. But most of us, even though we have the same goals, well, we, but the mistake that we make is that we think that goals determine success. Goals do not determine success. They're good. They're important. I hope you have some goals for 2020. But goals alone won't get you anywhere. It's the systems that you put in place. It's the guardrails. It's the patterns. It's the habits that you put in place that will get you there. So let me give you a biblical illustration of what I'm talking about. Do you guys remember Daniel in the Old Testament? If you have your Bibles, hold your places and go to the book of Daniel. Just real quick, we're just gonna, I'm going to take you on a little road trip real quick. Daniel chapter 6, okay? Uh, and if, you, if you're not turned there, you can write the reference down. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. I want you to wait. I'm going to wait for a second just to, so you get there. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Daniel is a pretty awesome guy in the Old Testament. If you remember the story, Daniel was, because of his faith... Because of his convictions for, you know, as far as his relationship with the Lord, he was thrown into a den of lions, okay? And I've often asked myself, how is this guy, Daniel's one of the guys that, man, I really look up to, because he is being obedient to God, and in my mind, I'm thinking, how can you be so obedient, okay, in your faith? How can you be so faithful that, that you are, like, you... You not only are okay with being thrown into the den of lions, but you are able to stand up against this king, who's actually the one that throws him in there. And how can you have the, that kind of conviction? How can you have that trust? Because I'm not like that. And I don't know if I could have. If I would have been Daniel, man, I would have given in. And in my mind, I'm thinking, how could you be, have that kind of courage and faith to be thrown into a den of lions and come out on the other side alive. Look in verse 10. It says, when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, this law in particular was, was an attack on, on him and his faith. When he learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual. It's not, nothing new. It's usual. In his upstairs room, with its windows open toward Jerusalem. Watch this. He prayed how many times? Three times a day. 
just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Daniel had a system in place. He had a system. He said every, for years, every day, I'm going to, I'm going to stop three times a day and I'm going to pray. And every day, he would take a few minutes from his busy schedule and he would pray. And so when the time, when the challenge came, Daniel didn't have to stop and say, oh, time out, time out. I need to, I need to, need to get everybody together. We need to pray. No, no, no. He had a system going every day. So the law goes into effect. You know, it's, it's a personal attack towards him. And what does he do? He does the same thing that he's been doing week after week, month after month, year after year. He goes home. He gets on his knees. He opens up his window. He's looking towards Jerusalem. And he says a prayer. Nothing changes. It's the systems in your life that will make the difference. Whether you have an incredible year in 2020 or you'll have a year and you look back and it's like, man, it, it was, you know, I, it was, I wasted another year. And so here's what I want to do. I want to encourage you in a practical way as we start this year. I want us as a church to take 21 days to pray and to fast. And this is something that I've been thinking about for a while. We did it before Easter, and I think it's something that I want to do at the beginning of the year. I want us as a church to take some time and begin the year praying and fasting. Now, you may be new to this whole thing. You, you're, you, know, you, may, you may be a guest, and you're coming in, and you're like, man, I'm not really sure what you mean by fasting. I mean, like, does that mean like no food for 21 days? Are you crazy? Like, what kind of... You know, no, no, no. Let me, let me explain kind of what, what I'm, I'm... Let me define the word fast, fasting. Okay. Fasting is when you remove distractions to get closer to God. It's any time that you say, you know what, I'm going to eliminate this thing in, in my life to, for a spiritual purpose. It's almost like you're resetting the, the, the spiritual button of your life. It's almost like you're resetting, you're renewing your life from the, your, your spiritual life from the inside out. And so fasting needs to be uh, personally challenging to you. It's a personal thing. For me, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do what's called a Daniel fast. And, and it's, it's, I'm going to try to simplify it. No breads, no sugar, no red meat for 21 days. Okay, that's just my personal challenge, and I'm not trying to be super spiritual or anything. I think you need to have your own decision, and you need to say, okay, this year for, this, for the 21 days, the pastor is encouraging us, challenges, challenging us to pray, to begin the decade in prayer and fasting. This is what it's going to be for me. There's all kinds of fasts. In fact, on our website, can we put up the link? I think we have the link. Um, there is, um, I, I talk a lot about kind of different types of fasts. Uh, if you go to LifePointFC. Dot com forward slash fast. Do we have that? Um, so write it down, lifepointfc.com forward slash fast. Okay? If you want to find out a little bit more, uh, I don't want to spend the whole morning talking about fasting, but there's uh, a complete fast. Some of you will be doing that. That's where you only drink liquids. Uh, sometimes you incorporate juice. Uh, some of you may be doing a selective fast, which is what I mentioned to you earlier. It's a Daniel fast. So um, some of you may be doing a, 
um, what, what's called a Jewish fast. So uh, you, you fast from 6 in the morning till 6 in the afternoon, or some people call it from sunup to sundown. And there's one that I really like, especially if, you're, if you've never practiced this. Uh, it's called a soul fast. Soul fast, S-O-U-L. Um, it is, uh, if you don't have a whole lot of experience fasting, or maybe you have an, uh, a physical thing that where you can't fast from food, it is a great fast that you can that you can practice. A lot of people, if there's an area of your their lives that is it's uh, out of balance and they want to refocus, they'll do a soul fast. So I know a lot of friends that thank you guys for putting that up. Just put the link if you guys can just just give us the link. Um, a lot of people well, what they'll do is like take social media for example. Okay, uh, social media can be like a vortex, like a tornado. And you may look at it just a little bit, but it just, it sucks you in. And so I've known people, good friends of mine, who say, you know what? This year, what I want to do is, I, for my fast, I'm going to take 21 days. And instead of taking half an hour in the morning, half an hour at night, looking at social media, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that time, and I'm going to focus on God. You can pray, you can walk, you can, uh, we're going to be doing as a church, we're going to be doing a devotional, so you're welcome to join us, download the Bible app. There's more information on our newsletter, and I think um, you know, there's on, our, uh, on Facebook as well, you can click the link and you can join us that way. But does that make sense? Now, the key is this, it needs to be your fast, your prayer. I'm going to do my own thing, you need to do your own thing, and maybe this is not what God is asking you to do. But I think, I believe from studying God's word, that when you develop systems, when you put systems in your life in place, call them habits, call them patterns, it is the one thing that can help you succeed. If you practice being a good person, if you practice telling the truth, if you practice forgiveness on a regular basis, it, it may be a little bit hard at the beginning, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Give me a, give me a yes, Pastor. It makes sense. Okay, good, good. All right, so goals are important. Systems are better. Systems will help you win. Three reasons why we don't succeed. Number one, we focus on the action or the goal, and we don't understand how to get there. We don't understand the systems in place. Number two, we don't see progress fast enough. This is why 92% of your New Year's resolution will be done by Valentine's Day. We don't see progress fast enough. So let's say that you have a goal. You say, man, I want to be physically fit. So I'm going to get on that treadmill that I bought 10 years ago that it's never been used. And I'm going to do it three times a week. All right? And I'm going to be faithful. So a week goes by and you get on that thing and you walk. You know, and it's boring, it's all get out, but you're going you're gonna to be on that thing. And then you go the second day, and then the third day, and then the second week, and then the third week. And then, it's been three weeks, and I've been consistent. Yay! And then you get on the scale, and you've gained two pounds. <laughs> Forget this thing, I'm not going to do that anymore. And you give up. You read your Bible four days in a row, and you're on your way to church. But before you know it, the kids are not behaving and you're yelling at them. The whole way here. Don't, don't look at me like that. I'm not the only one that does that. You do it too. I know. Right? I've read the Bible four days in a row. What's going on? This thing doesn't work. 
We give up too soon. You go a whole month. You want to pay off the debt. That's your goal, right? Like, man, we're going to do this. I'm going to go a whole, for me, it's going to be coffee. I'm going to go 21 days without coffee. Ooh, I feel like I just cursed or something. You guys are looking at me the wrong way. <laughs> man, 21 days without coffee. I'm going to save the money. And you go, you look at the end of the month, you save $100. Yes! And now you don't have, your debt is not $35,500. Now it's $35,400. And you're like, I can't even make a dent on this thing. And so a lot of times what we end up doing is we get discouraged because we don't see progress fast enough. And it's, what you have to understand is your life is made up of the sum of all the small decisions that you make. You understand? It's not one big decision. It's not two big decisions. Your life is made up of all, it's a sum of all the little decisions. Let me kind of illustrate it like this. Let's just pretend that I'm putting some water uh, on this uh, pot right here, okay? And I, and I wanna, I wanna get some water and I'm, wanna, I'm gonna boil it. And I was gonna bring a little stove, but then I thought, man, I'm gonna make them nervous. And I don't want to do that. So let's just say that I have just room temperature water. And I'm going to, I'm going to put it on the stove, right? And, and I'm, I'm going to turn the stove on, okay? What happens with the water? So as soon as you turn it on, you know, it may be, I don't know, 78 degrees, 80 degrees. And you look at it, and you turn the stove on. And if you're like me, it like never heats up fast enough, right? And it's like, is it, is it hot? No, no, not yet. You know, and you're looking at the water, and it looks the same way for the first few few seconds, few minutes. Nothing's changing, but that water, even though it looks the same for the for the first few minutes, it's changing. That heat is being stored up in that water, right? And and now it's been 30 seconds. It may not it may not be at 80 degrees. It may be at 90 degrees, and it goes from 90 to 100. And then you look at it, and it's still the same. And it may be 150 degrees, and you're like, man, nothing is happening. And then all of a sudden you have 200 degrees and you're looking at the water and it's like, I'm not really sure, it looks the same. And then you hit 212 degrees and there's a tipping point. And you know what happens then? It begins to boil. And you don't have lukewarm water, you don't even have warm water anymore. You have boiling water. And you know what's been happening? That heat is being stored up in the water. The same way it is in your spiritual walk. When you decide to, to, to include, to add one spiritual discipline to your life, you may, may have never fasted before. You may have never, whatever it is, you know, you may have never done it before. At, at first, you're like, you know what, I don't know if there's any purpose in doing this. But you add one spiritual, one God-honoring discipline to your life. And then you add another one. And then nothing seems to change. Nothing seems to be different. Everything seems to look the same way. And you're, you're, you're thinking, you know, uh, is it even worth it? I tell you what's happening. Spiritual temperature of your life is being stored up. Until there's a tipping point. And then all of a sudden, now you're in shape. All of a sudden, people are looking at you and like, now you're out of debt. And they think that you're, a, you're a, an overnight celebrity. You're an overnight success. And what they don't know is all the small sacrifices that you've been paying. What they don't know is, is the private moments of being faithful. 
And what people don't know is all the times that you fail and you've gotten back up again. What they don't know is all the times where you've had the self-doubt and the consistency and the overcoming yourself and overcoming the criticism and, and, and seeking God and praying to Him and, and going after it. Here, here it is. It's the things that no one sees that make the biggest difference in your life. It's the, same, it's the things that no one sees that everybody else, that give you the result that, that everybody else wants. Look at what Paul says in a different passage of Scripture, Galatians 6, 9. He says this, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. At just the right time. At just the right time. Let's, let's not get tired of doing what is good. Let's not get tired in honoring God. Let's not get tired in living by a budget. Let's not get tired in counting calories. Let's not get tired in, in, in getting up 30 minutes earlier and seeking God. Let's not get tired in going to the gym. Let's not get tired in fasting before the Lord. Let's not get tired in honoring our God. Paul says, for the proper time, the proper time, you may not see it for a while, but it's being stored up. Those little decisions are being stored up. Three reasons why we don't succeed. We're almost done. We focus on the action, the goal. We don't have the systems in place. Number two, we don't see progress fast enough. And number three, we connect our failure to our identity. I'm going to ask the band, if you guys get on stage here, I'm almost done. We connect our failure to our identity. The enemy, what he does is he connects our failures to our identities. And we believe him. We fall for it. I do it all the time. So Paul says, he says, man, I try to do what's right. I don't do it. What a miserable person I am. When you look at what God's word, if you study God's word from the Old Testament to the New Testament, what you'll see is people who struggle with identity issues all over the New and Old Testament. You have somebody like Moses. Somewhere along the line, along the way, Moses didn't live up to his own expectations. And God says, hey, I want you to, I want you to free my people. And Moses, what does he say? Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not, a, I'm not, a, good, I'm not a, a good public speaker. I'm not a good leader. See, somewhere along the way, he identified some failure with who he was. And he got confused with his potential. Same thing with Gideon. Remember Gideon in the Old Testament? Gideon, it, God is calling him to go into battle. Gideon has never fought. He's never, he says, I, I'm, he, he says I, I, I'm the weakest. I'm the least in my community. And God, before he, before he fought his first battle, God called him a mighty warrior. Think about that. Paul the guy that we're talking about 2,000 years later said, I'm the chief of sinners. I'm a miserable man. I don't have what it takes. It's all good, buddy. And the same thing plays in our minds, right? I'm just the way that I am. 
you always known it. You met me. I'm accident prone. Or, you know, kind of have an addictive personality. I always have to have one more, you fill in the blank, one more drink, one more this, one more. I'm not good with money. I've never been good with money. I've always been in debt. That's just who I am. You know what the enemy's doing? He's tying the, the one time that you fail, the, the many times that you fail, to your identity. And Jesus looks at you and he says, no, 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 that's not who you are. I'm just not disciplined enough. I'm not organized enough. I've never been good in relationships. I'm not faithful. I've never been, you know, I just can't get it done. I'm good at starting things, but I've never finished them. How do you change that? Paul asked a great question, and his mind began to shift. He said this. Let's look at it one more time. Oh, what a miserable person I am. And he says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And his, shift, his thinking begins to shift. He says, thank God. The answer is in who? Jesus. I talked to a friend of mine this last week, spent some time with family in Florida, had a conversation with a friend of mine, about two, three hours, I can't remember how long, it was a long time, and radical change. I believe one day he'll tell us his story. It's not ready just yet, but um, I love the passion when I heard his voice, and he said, I've tried this, and I've tried this, and I've had a rough past, but the difference maker was when I got on my knees, and I was reading the New Living Translation, and I had all of these classes, and I attended all of these people, and I had all this, but it was when, I, when my knees hit the floor, and I met my Savior, that's the moment that those desires went out the door. That's the moment that radical change, and I cannot explain it. I don't know the moment. I don't know how it all happened, but it was, it was like night is like flipping the switch. And I can tell you the same story in my life. I was lost without purpose, and there was a moment when I said, okay, this is real. This is a real deal. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Just, just a quick question. If you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, you are redeemed of the Lord. You are righteous in Christ. You're no longer a slave to sin, the Bible says. God says you are his friend. You're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. You can do all things, not by your own power, but through Christ who gives you strength. So I'm just curious. How many of you here today would say, Pastor, would you pray for me more than anything else in 2020, in this new decade? What I want is Jesus. How many of you would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Raise your hand all over the room. I see the hands. God sees your heart. You don't even have to raise your hand. God sees your heart. He knows what you're thinking. How many of you would say, Pastor, I want to join for the next 21 days my church. 
And I want to begin this year creating some systems in place. It may be that you do away with coffee or social media or food or a particular type of fast, but I'm going to look into this, Pastor. You pray for me that I'll have the courage for 21 days to seek the Lord. Any hands? Man, I love this. Love this. May we be a church that's so passionate that we're willing to do away with something good. I love food. I enjoy food. But I enjoy Jesus much more. May we be willing to do away with the good so that we can have the best. Father, I pray that you would breathe life into the words that we have heard, that have been spoken. Help us to focus not just on the actions, but the systems. If it's purity that we want in our marriages, God, may we put some boundaries so we can prevent the temptations. God, when we get started and we fail, may we not give, be so quick to, to give up. May we tap into the verse that says, the righteous man, the righteous woman falls seven times, yet he gets up, she gets up. It's in the getting up. And may we never, ever, ever connect our failures to our identity. So would you just whisper to him, Jesus, help me. Just whisper. He'll hear you. Do a, do a work in me, God. Stir up my heart. God, that I may have goals that are not just career-oriented, but that they're... They have priority on you, Father. God, help me not just be a good leader and a good dad and a good mom and a good husband, but help me to seek you more than anything else. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. I praise you today. In Jesus' name, amen. We all celebrate all the hands that went up this morning. Let's all stand up and worship together.